Welcome to the Soul Liberated Life Podcast, where you come to activate the remembrance of who you are, unlock the gifts you're here to offer, and unleash the co-creative experience you're here to love through. I'm your host, Jody Rodenbaugh, sharing deep wisdom and life intelligence through my life and death experiences, and through my gifts in liberating and expanding powerful soul-led leaders and your lineage. Every episode holds timeless wisdom and potent messages to call your soul back home and into her wildest dreams and deepest desires. So strap on your headphones, breathe into your heart, expand your mind. Let's go. I'm wearing my Silk Raven today because it is Sexy Soul Day for the new dawn. I'll explain that in a minute. I like to be in control. I like to know what I'm going to say. I like to have a plan. I like to have all the things in front of me. But when we are playing with the invisible, there are times when we have to trust. We have to lean back and we have to trust. And that's exactly what I'm going to talk about today. Is being in that energy is where we want to start. There's a journey that I take people on. It's like putting together pieces of a puzzle or taking you down a journey of transformation because it all matters. I can't just focus on one thing. I can't focus on your business. I can't just focus on your health. I can't just focus on your relationships. I I can't just focus on you because it's all of that. It's all of that. When you come into my world, I get to the root cause of things And the root cause of everything is like, it leaks out into the rest of your life. So the program that we're doing was Love Genius. I'm gonna talk about that in a second, what Love Genius is. But in our Love Genius program, what we find is there's a root cause in your emotional trauma, emotional wounding. I was hesitant on saying the word wounding but it is emotional wounding that most likely occurred when you were a child and you are continuing to repeat that pattern over and over again in various parts of your life. So no matter if you are a sex, sexy, a successful woman or not, which most of my people are, doesn't matter. What matters is how you feel about that at the end of the day. So when I was researching, or when it came to me to do the new dawn, how it occurred was on my couch with my husband, who constantly reminds me, babe, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. How many times do you think, who sang that song? Don't stop believe. Who sang that song? Is it Journey? Is it Journey? Tell me. I don't, I don't remember, but I do remember the song because he says, how many times do you think they say the song? Just keep going. Just keep going. Because if you are an entrepreneur or if you are in business or even if you're not, life is not always easy. You want to give up sometimes, even me. I cannot tell you how many times I've just wanted to throw in the towel. Like why? Why does it have to be so hard? And it doesn't. It's just a moment in time that I'm feeling a little poo-poo or sorry for myself because I want it now. I want things to be easy. I want them to be my way and I want it now. And things don't happen as fast as I want them to happen. And so he tells me, just be you. You don't have to work at you. Nobody does you better than you. That's my husband. Now, my early husband, my early husband was the same. He's, he used to tell me that he wanted to get it. If he got a tattoo, it would just say, believe, just believe. Here's one thing that I have learned over 2020. 
it's not just a matter of believing anymore, you guys. You've got to know it. You've got to know it. What is it? That you freaking matter. That your voice matters. That you being in a room matters. That what we're experiencing right now in our history matters. Your perspective, your feelings, what you think, what you know, it all matters. No matter what somebody tells you. The new dawn came to me because I'm an Aquarian. I'm an Aquarius. February 3rd is my birthday. I will be 49 in a month. Whoa. <laughs> it's crazy to think. So as I was researching, I'm like, oh, it's winter solace. It's solstice. It's, um, it's the age of Aquarius. Oh, I can do me. I can do the age of Aquarius. So I launched the new dawn and then, you know, what happened with that or what happened in my, my cousin passed away and the energies were just a little wonky. And then I went down a rabbit hole and started researching. What is the new dawn? Where did all of this come from? What is the age of Aquarius? Where did that all begin? What does all that mean? Well, I found some things that I didn't want to see in my rabbit hole researching. And what I realized is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I saw. What matters is the energy that I bring to the table and into the room, into the vortex that I speak from. Because when I researched the new dawn, it has all these negative connotations with, I kid you not, communism. And it's all over. There are sun symbols all over that these humans use to pose as the light. And I was like, oh my God, am I, am I, am I wrong about this? Like what is really going on? Is it because the way I see new dawn, like it's a new dawn. It's like new energy. It's like awake. It's alive. It's free. And so I nearly pulled the plug on the new dawn. I nearly pulled the plug. And then I remembered that there is a law of the universe called the law of polarity. And the law of polarity states that when one side is there, the other side is also there. It's like, it's like a piece of paper. If this side exists, so does this side. If light exists, dark exists as well. It's the duality. If fear exists, love exists as well. All we have to do is flip the coin to the other side. So there are people right now who are using symbolism, who are using these things that we've always seen as, as light, as um, even in religion and, and things that, that show up as symbolism in our world. And they're using that to manipulate the population. And I am so careful about my symbolism right now. Or at least I was. Like I use a triangle, I use two symbols a lot in my work. The triangle and the fat and the seed of life. The seed of life, I use the seed of life and I use triangles in my branding. I use that symbolism in my work, in my branding all of the time. The seed of life, because it's a sacred geometry piece. And it represents the seed of life. There are two seeds that came together. When you look at the seed of life. That look like something like that. <laughs> two circles. Like a Venn diagram. Almost. 
a Venn diagram that come together. That is the symbolism in my Love Genius branding right now. Those two seeds first coming together is where everything starts. So when I look at the seed of life, what I'm feeling into is creation. We're here to create. We're here to create. We're here to co-create. We're here to enjoy life. And we have gotten off that path we've forgotten. We have forgotten that we are free, sovereign human beings with the ability to choose what's best for us. So the other thing that I use, the other symbolism that I use is the triangle. And I use the triangle because the tri everything is triangulated in my world. It always seems to come in threes. And the other thing is that as I started thinking back to the foundational principles, and for those of you who don't know, I had my, what I call my awakening experience. We're always awakening. We're always growing in consciousness and always going through evolution over time. But essentially there is sometimes these events that happen in our life that cause a rapid awakening. Or we do the work before the rapid awakening so that we can be, be the one in charge of that. So it either happens to us or it happens through us, the awakening. And my awakening happened when my early husband, I call him my early husband, was accidentally killed during a routine rotator cuff surgery, prior to the surgery, actually. And I had a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and I was 15 weeks pregnant with our third child. So having a baby six months after he died, you and him dying of anesthesia, accidentally injected, you better believe that I wasn't going to be getting an epidural. So I put myself through self-hypnosis and had 19 hours of labor with very little pain and it only occurred within that last 30 minutes when I was in transition. And those two events really taught me the essentials of life. Like, like what really this is all about and how to navigate our feelings and the emotions and the things that we tell ourselves and like how to ride the waves really of life by believing and knowing that the beach is coming. The baby is going to be born. That's what it's all about. The moment you let doubt creep in, wiped out. You're sucked down under the water and it will feel like you're drowning. You will feel confused. So we always have to keep our Hearts and minds moving forward, navigating down the river, so to speak, instead of trying to go against the grain. But because we have these, these things inside of us that I call the core wounds, the core fears, core traumas, we do that work in Love Genius. And if you want to do the work in Love Genius, I'll give you the link to that as well. And you can do the work on your own. But it has been so freaking phenomenal. I used to do this program in a three-month container. And I have learned that there's this thing called quantum. <laughs> and that we can shrink down time. We can collapse time. And I've learned that. And that's what we're doing in this program. When I talk about the triangulation, there are three identities that I identify with myself. And those three identities are the foundation of how I live my life. One of the biggest things that I learned is when you don't have a strong foundation of who you are, and if you don't understand why you're here and where you're going, it's so much easier to get knocked off of your raft and drown. <laughs> to get hooked under and, and, and drown. So the, the strong context that I have is that 
first and foremost, after my husband died, I realized that there's really only th three principles of ourselves and three principles of life. First and foremost, I decided as I promised to him that I'm, I'm here to live. He didn't get to be here. And quite honestly, we don't know how long we have here. And I don't say that to put fear out on the table. I say that because it's, it's just truth. It's just truth. We have no idea. And so if we wait until tomorrow to do the things, to feel the things, to say the things that we want to say today, tomorrow may not even be here. And so the first thing that I promised him was, hey, I'm here to live. So what that means is that I have to be willing to let go of anything that keeps me from growing. Anything or anyone that's holding me back from a, a better feeling story, from the story I have to let go of anything that's holding me back. When you commit to that kind of foundational context, it's difficult, but it's so freaking simple. It's difficult because you have to make decisions. You have to break up with people. You have to walk away from situations that would be so much easier just to stay comfortable in. But if you have a commitment to live, then that's what's required. It's what's required. So the other thing that I promised to him was that I'm here to love. I was 36. I still had a lot of life in me. And I was pregnant with our youngest. So I literally had life still in me. And so, on some level, I told myself that I was not a good lover. I was not a good wife. Because due to my, my own coding that I talk to you guys all the time about, due to my own coding, I was afraid to love. I was afraid of love. And I was afraid to do simple things like reach out and touch my husband's hand or tell him that I freaking adore him. Like to say that, to be intimate, to be vulnerable like that, it felt like, oh, there's a tiger chasing me. And so, without even thinking, I just started dating. And I didn't know what I wanted. But I knew that I was here to live. And I was here to love. What I didn't realize is the duality of that means that there's reciprocity. That if I was here to love, that also means that I was here to receive love too. And I had to go through an experience for me to learn to be compassionately pissed off that I was not going to lower my standard again and be in relationship with someone who was unwilling to give himself love. So how the hell could he give that to me? He wasn't wrong. He was just being him. But I am a scientist, which kind of makes me cringe right now in our history when I say that. But I am a scientist of the most beautiful kind. When I make a mistake, it's not a mistake. I don't erase it and be embarrassed of it and, and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I made that mistake. No, because... I'm here to learn from those mistakes. It's called wisdom. 
So I had to refine my data and then recommit and tell him, okay, I'm here to live, which means I'm letting go of anything that's holding me back, keeping me from growing, and I'm here to love and allow myself to be loved. Love polarity, duality. If, if we are here to love, we're also here to allow ourselves to receive that love too. We forget that that's part of the equation. The third promise that I made him was that I'm here to lead. I was not getting any younger. I had three babies to raise. So that means I better have my shit together. I need to take personal responsibility, which let me clear responsibility up for you just in case somebody is wondering about that. Responsibility is the ability to respond to life. It's not having $50,000 in the bank and saving it for a rainy day. <laughs> it is about responding to life when life calls you. It means that you take the call and you start walking across that bridge, no matter how scary it is, for you to grow, for you to let go of the comfort zone, to, for you to let go of the, of the rope that you've been attached to back here. So I'm here to live, I'm here to love and allow myself to be loved, and I'm here to lead. Leadership begins with me. It doesn't matter who I'm leading. I can be leading my children. I can be leading at the time I was a teacher. I was actually an instructional coach for teachers in the areas of STEM. I could be coaching teachers. I could be uh, leading my kids, my family, um, other people. It does not matter. It doesn't matter if I don't lead myself first. I go first. People respond. I go first, the universe responds. I go first, God responds. I go first, money responds. As long as I play with life, as long as I'm in the game, the cycle continues. The moment I cut it off, the moment I slip away from that foundation, that triangulation, the gig is up. I've got a broken foundation. So what I realized is within that triangulation, with those, within those promises that I made to him, which is essentially the promises that I'm making to myself, it's the commitment that not only I committed to him in our soul-to-soul -soul contract, but I committed to myself. My, my soul contract with myself is built on a foundation, a solid foundation, a context of those things. And within that are three identities that we have to flow through in order to experience alignment in our life. And if one of those identities is off, we will feel off. We will feel confused. We will accidentally allow other people to lead our lives for us. We will, we will forget that we're in charge. All of these things. So the first one is today. The sexy soul. The sexy soul is the feminine aspect of ourselves. So many of us have forgotten how to be a woman. And in fact, I might say, maybe, no, as I look back in history, we've known it before. Did you, do you know that women used to be the leaders? Like there were, there were no, the, the men weren't the leaders way back in time in some of my past lives <laughs> when I've been the queen when you've been the queen we've been the leaders somewhere along the way we've put the job in hands <laughs> that aren't so feminine 
And we've gotten ourselves into a clusterfuck. So we're bringing it back with the age of Aquarius. We're bringing it back with the feminine energy. If those people that don't want to let go of the masculine, wounded masculine is what it is. If they don't want to let go of the, of the masculine traits, we're going to find ourselves in a mess. There are people right now who believe that they're coming from a place of love and it's just not love. You cannot shame. You cannot criticize. You cannot blame. You cannot ostracize. You cannot humiliate and say you're coming from a place of love. That is people being emotionally ignorant. The feminine energy, the sexy soul, is about emotional intelligence. She can be the wisest woman in the room and say nothing. You can know more than you say and be the wisest woman in the room. That, my friends, that's power. Gone are the days where force is necessary. Force isn't sexy. Power is freaking sexy. Power is walking in a room, your energy walking in a room that turns heads before you even enter. That's sexy. Sexy is feeling alive in the naked of who you really are. Not overexposing her. <laughs> or underexposing her. It is allowing herself to enjoy. It's allowing herself to feel all the feelings. Somewhere along the way, we have been stifled. We have been told not to feel. We've had to bring up armor and protect ourselves. There are times where we need to protect ourselves. But when we don't understand the difference between protecting ourselves from the freaking tiger that's chasing us or I think I'll keep I, I was going to share about something that's going on in our history right now but let's just say if someone came in and was trying to steal your sovereign free will that's a time that we protect ourselves. That's a time we have boundaries. To our loved ones, that's unnecessary. If you have to protect yourself from somebody that you love, you need to freaking get the hell out. It, that's not love. You've been lied to. That's not love. That's something different. So what the sexy soul's job is to do is to be the feminine, which is the darkness of the yin and the yang symbol, right? The dark side of the yin and the yang is the feminine. We have to be willing to look at ourselves in the mirror and tell the truth. All the truth and nothing but the truth. When you can see yourself as the perpetrator, as the perpetrator of yourself, as the betrayer of yourself, as the rejecter of yourself, as the abandoner of yourself, when you can see that in the mirror, now you can tell the truth. But we have one side of the duality of people that aren't willing to look at themselves in the mirror and tell themselves the truth. It feels so much better. It feels so much better to blast and project my truth inside of here onto you and make you the problem of why I feel a certain way. Do you know that blocking people on social media is not emotionally intelligent? 
there are so many people right now that are like, I'm blocking, block, I'm blocking you. <laughs> when you can hold space in your trigger, when you can hold space in your trigger and go, whoa, what is that about? That freaking pissed me off or that upset me or whatever. And you can work through that without making them the problem or the reason of why you feel a certain way. You're in sexy soul. Blocking somebody because they've triggered you is you not being able to handle the feeling that you felt because of something that they said. Again, is it easy? No, it's freaking hard as hell. Is it simple? Absolutely. Is it right if you want true sovereignty? Absolutely. Because in Love Genius, what we're working on is karmic debt. We're working on these soul contracts where accidentally, when you put that energy out to somebody else, now you're attached to them. It's like an invisible hook inside of them. Attached like a tug of rope from you to that other person. Blocking them doesn't take that energetic cord away. Cutting the cord brings up a whole lot of other issues that we discussed in Love Genius. We don't want to cut the cords. That gets dangerous. So the sexy soul, when we're talking about sexy soul, what I talk about is it is important that you understand. I call it the womb room. It's important for you to understand when it's time to pull back, to lean back, and to allow yourself to receive information, to receive intelligence, to receive wisdom without saying a freaking word, without blurting out or projecting out or lashing out, but just let it land. And when you feel something, when it hurts, it's time for you to go into a womb room and clean it up. Feel the feelings and transform those feelings into a higher vibrational energy after you have gathered the wisdom. But most people are so quick to move on to move on. They cannot wait for 2020 to be over with. When you can't wait for 2020 to be over with, guess what? You go into 2021 with the same shit that you had in 2020 because you didn't clean anything up. You did no changing, no rearranging, no looking back in hindsight to gather the lessons, to gather the wisdom, and you just keep freaking moving. Guess what? What happens then is you get tired, you feel overwhelmed, you burn out. And now we have a different story. Now we have health issues. So when we don't, when I'm ambitious too, don't get me wrong. I'm a freaking hustler. I'm going to make shit happen. That's just who I am. It is not natural for me to be in sexy soul. It is not natural for me at all. <laughs> in fact, back in 2000, what year was that? 2010, 2010, 2010, when I went to coaching school, I left education. I realized that there were a lot of people walking around like the living dead. My mission, I've always been in mission. I've been in mission since I was a little girl. I, which means I was called into doing good work. I knew deep down in some way, shape, or form, I was here to make a difference. I didn't know exactly what that looked like until I was 17. But when you go through an evolutionary process, an awakening, like what we're experiencing here, suddenly the job that you used to have, the mission that you used to be on has evolved and you outgrow the place that you were in or you outgrow the position that you were in or the mission that you were on. 
The mission that I've been on hasn't completely changed. It's evolved. And so way back in the mid 90s, I was teaching emotional intelligence to children. I was, you know, one of the early pioneers of emotional intelligence. And yet I would go home and when I would go home, I wouldn't take the work with me. And I was a flipping idiot. I was a flipping idiot when it came to emotional intelligence. And then when I went to coaching school, my coach would ask me, well, how does that, <laughs> well, how does that make you feel, Jody?" And I would say, well, I think blah, blah, blah. And she'd say, no, how does that make you feel? I had no idea how to understand what it was that I was feeling. It took me months, months. And I was an early adopter of emotional intelligence. It's not what we know. If you continue to tell yourself, I know this, I know this. I have a couple of people who have, they're in their second go around of Love Genius, only I'm delivering it now in a completely different way. And she's like, I gotta tell you, my ego was like, I've already done this work. I wasn't gonna do it. And oh my gosh, I'm so, I am so glad I'm doing it. Whoa, blowing my mind. Because the work that I share you're getting like, your awareness is like a little dot and you can know this much, but if you're not embodying it, like I left it at work. Like, I mean, literally left it there. I did not bring it into my home. And I see this all the time with women, especially women business owners, women entrepreneurs. You are brilliant at what you freaking do, which is a whole other identity. The love genius, I'll talk about that in a second. But when it comes to feeling, when it comes to communicating about what you're feeling, you wanna intellectualize it. You want to masculinize it. We cannot solve feminine problems using masculine tools anymore. It never worked, but it's definitely not gonna work now. You put feelings away, you put them on the shelf, tie them up with a pretty little bow, put a nice label on it like Martha Stewart. I know, I know, I used to be that. I had PTPS, post-traumatic perfection syndrome, <laughs> post-traumatic perfection syndrome. I, I, and I'm not Catholic, but I thought that the freaking Pope every single day was coming to my home. And if he saw crumbs on my floor that I wasn't going to be going to heaven. Coding women, coding everything. If the towels weren't folded just perfectly so right? They weren't folded, folded just perfectly. So <laughs> I would flip the freak out every, everywhere you look, the labels in my pantry, everything had to be facing out the labels in my, in my, what do you call it? Linen closet. All the sheets had to be folded perfectly. I had pretty little labels on all the boxes. And then my husband dies and I realize. I was living a lie. I was living a lie. That wasn't me. That was like me trying to prove that I'm worthy of love. That if I'm Martha Stewart, um, Oprah, and Mary Poppins, all in one, sexy little soul, <laughs> that I deserved the life that I desired to live. That's not true. We are worthy because we're a living, breathing human being. End of story. We don't need to freak the freak out because a crumb is on the floor. I have two dogs right now. 
It is super challenging for me to have two dogs because you sweep the floor and there's still hair. It never goes fully away. And when my children were little, before my husband died, a crumb would set me off. That's not emotional intelligence. That's control. That was me. <laughs> that was me. Not sexy. So the sexy soul is about the feminine side of ourselves. The other side of it, and, and the feminine side of ourselves is, is the one that's here to, to live. Then we have the masculine side of ourselves. But we've been doing the masculine all wrong. We have a society of over-masculated population right now. Because it doesn't matter if you are a male, female, gay, straight, whatever. We all have a law. The law of gender states, just like the law of polarity, that when one side exists, the other side exists. We all have a masculine energy and a feminine energy within us. We have to. It's the law of the universe. Like, this is how it works. When we are swinging our pendulum too far from one side to or, or the other, if you are too much in the sexy soul, now you're leaning back and your legs are spread open and you're just like, deliver to me. Feed me grapes. Fan me. Bring it to me. I'll just sit here and do nothing and look pretty. <laughs> and you never take the actions. You are stuck in the feminine. You've overstayed your welcome. And now the energy that you put out is an energy of shame. When we swing to the opposite side of the masculine, now we're in over-masculine. Now we have swung the pendulum too far into the doing mode and now we are in control and now we're not only controlling ourselves but we're controlling everybody else and everything has to be our way or the freaking highway okay <laughs> no if there is one thing that's clear in 2020 it is that so we have been solving Feminine problems using masculine tools. When you do it the right way, you are integrating into your masculine and doing the things. Sexy soul is the one who bees. This is who you are. This is who you are playing. This is the character that you're playing. This is your self-image. This is the roles that you play. That's sexy soul, who you are being. Love genius is what you do. But so many people are out here doing the things and they forgot they left their sexy soul up on a shelf. And she's crusty now and dusty. <laughs> Not sexy. So when we get into action and do the things in life, when we create our goals, when we execute our things, we have to do it in a way that we don't leave our sexy soul behind. So it is 60% feminine energy and 40% masculine energy in order to take the actions. When you leave the sexy soul up on the shelf, now you're only in the masculine, the pendulum is swung, and what happens? You're going to freaking burn out. You're going to burn out. You're going to exhaust out. Your adrenals are going to be shot. You're going to be on stress overload. You're going to be frustrated and pissed off all the time. And when people ask you what's wrong, you're going to say, I don't, nothing's wrong. Nothing is wrong. I'm fine. Okay. Well, feels like you're pissed off. I'm not pissed off. I didn't say anything. You didn't have to say anything. I, your reaction, the, the feelings that you have. You guys, we are a human vibrator. You don't have to say a word. You do not have to say a word for people to feel your energy. 
You cannot hide it. So when we get into action and we don't bring her, now we're screwed. Now we've swung the pendulum too far to the other side and now we have a lopsided foundation. Now, we're, uh, if we swing the pendulum too far to the sexy soul and too far to the love genius, we're not really in love genius. We're under over feminine or over masculine. Now we are open. We are open to accidentally allow other people to come in and lead our life for us. Because if when and we're in ma over masculine, other people are going to piss us off all the time. And if you don't do things the way I want them for me to feel better, then I'm going to defriend you. I'm going to shame you. I'm going to humiliate you. I'm going to close you out. I'm going to shut you out of my life. That's not sexy. That's not love. So love genius is about, look at the word love. That is the feminine side. Genius is the masculine side. The masculine is the one who achieves. They do. They're the hustler. But the energy behind the doing is massively, massively important. That is loving and allowing ourselves to be loved. We have a society that is breaking the coding around codependency big time. If people would just let it die. Live and let others live too. It's really simple. But we have such deep coding around codependency. And this new term that I'm, I'm coining, saviorism, <laughs> where we think that it is honorable to save other people, to be their savior, and take responsibility for their own life. That, that's not sexy anymore. It's not sexy. So then the third promise that I made him, which is leadership, is the third identity that I call wealthy femme. And the wealthy femme brings both the sexy soul and the love genius into the experiences that she has. What I see a lot, a lot, especially with my private clients who are doing the things, they are creating businesses, they are creating a life that they desire, and what happens is they cross a bridge and now they're getting what they want in life, but they sabotage by buzz killing themselves and telling themselves things like they've made a bad decision. Oh, we've overspent or we have, I, I can't have all, who, who am I to do that? Who am I to have this experience? Somebody else deserves it more. Somebody else needs it more. We need to remove the words need from our vocabulary. Realize that you have everything that you need right here, right now. You are a full puzzle. All of the pieces that you need to go into 2021 and get around the corner you already have. There's nothing you need, but if you don't stop and look back in hindsight to gather the wisdom, you're going to go into 2021 and you're going to repeat the same shit over and over again because this is how it works. So the wealthy femme is the experiencer. She is here to enjoy life. She is here to have amazing, beautiful experiences and not shame on herself for having those beautiful experiences just because someone might die, just because people are dying. We don't stop living because we might die. So that is the triangulation 
that we use in the big picture of things. One thing that I wanted to say before I roll off, because we were talking about the sexy soul today, and I want to make sure that I've said this, because I don't think I've said this. Let me look back. Okay. So, the biggest job that the feminine has is to trust. Trust begins with trusting ourselves. If we don't have a solid foundation of trust, which with, with which to build the rest of our life on, we are building a life empire on quicksand. It's going to sink eventually. But the coding that we've had has caused us to stop trusting our intuition, stop trusting ourselves, stop trusting the reasons why we're here. And we've accidentally handed over our puppet strings to other people as if they're big daddy saying, here, lead me. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I can't handle it without whatever. You can handle it. When you have a strong context and a strong foundation of trust in yourself, when you remember that your breath matters, and when you can tell yourself the truth, all the ugly truth, and walk your way out of the darkness with your head still held high, now we can be free to flow, which is the job of the, love, of the sexy soul. All right, loves, thank you for being here. I look forward to seeing you. Much love. Hey, beauty. I hope you enjoyed today's transmission. If you found this valuable, we would love to know by giving us your rating and review. And of course, by sharing the good word with your people. To get closer access to me, come on over to IG at Jody Rodenball and search Soul Liberated Life on Facebook to enter our complimentary Facebook group. If you'd like to know how to partner with me for your liberation and deeper ways you can learn from me, just send me a DM on the IG or FB. I'd love to hear from you. Until the next episode, remember, there's magic to be unleashed inside of you and miracles beyond your wildest dreams ready for you to answer your call. You coming? <laughs>